0: Welcome back friends. This is Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor and his friends give you college football betting tips. I am the statistics professor, Professor Sides. You can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today we are talking bowl games part one through Christmas day of the 2021 college football season. The regular season is over. Even with the army loss last week, I had another profitable week last week. I'm calling it a week, you know, that, that extra game plus conference championships. That makes three of the last four and for the last six for me it's a strong close of the season it gives me a lot of optimism for next year but cousin jared that navy win keeps you positive for the entire season uh, that, that's quite an accomplishment so I, i'm going to give you the floor So i don't know if you, they'll give you the floor i don't know if you want to take a bow or mic drop or, or what you want but but cousin jared bravo the floor is the floor's yours sir
1: Well, thank you very much i appreciate the kudos so a couple of weeks ago i said that if i made one penny on this deal that i was going to be happy and i'm up a full unit units to be exact, but who's counting? Uh, I, you know, I couldn't have gone better. I think it was great. I'm like two Memphis unders from having a really good season. I mean, they really screwed me on those. So anyway, yeah, I'm very, very proud, uh, you know, I, if you stuck with us all season i hope that that one unit makes you feel as good as it makes me feel uh because it feels pretty great so yes thank you very much i i will gladly carry the crown for this podcast uh for the next eight months or so until we start yeah. again
0: yeah absolutely and yeah long-time listeners know that uh you know you hate memphis and their <laughs> their shenanigans
2: yeah yeah that's for sure uh, yeah, just remember South- cousin jared it's only like 80 percent of a unit after taxes
1: <laughs> there you go so exactly i'm, I'm I'm at, I'm at one unit. Exactly. Perfect.
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Running us out today, Jack. Uh, it's been a minute. How's it going?
2: Oh, you know, um, did, a, did a nice little jaunt around the uh, West Coast. So that was really nice. Um, so fun story. The Oklahoma State-Baylor Conference Championship game. I was in the air for most of it. I caught a flight from Seattle back to Indianapolis. Uh, best flight choice I ever made. Um, <laughs> <laughs> congratulations to Baylor for winning the Big 12. I'm very happy. If it wasn't going to be Oklahoma State, I'm very happy it was Baylor. But hey, Baylor, win by 30 next time. Win by 40. Do something that doesn't involve me watching one of my teams have complete ineptitude from inside the two.
0: Well, and to be fair, since you're an alum of both schools, both teams of yours had ineptitude at different parts. I mean, that was. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, it was. I mean, we 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 now know what it takes for Oklahoma State to dig themselves too deep into one of these holes. Yeah, and that was I. I am very happy I did not watch a second of that game because just the recap from my brother-in-law was painful enough. Right. So I was yeah. I was
0: at the game. I was uh, right at the end zone on the side where the tackle at the end of the game happened. He's coming right at us and. He, he, hits, you know, breaks out to the open and I just, I know he's going to score. So I don't know the angle that y'all are watching from home, what y'all are thinking, but I mean, he's coming at me and I'm like, this guy's going to walk into the end zone. And then of course I'm on the Baylor side and everybody just loses their mind when that play happens. It was an insane play. Um, just a wild game. Both teams really tried to lose it.
2: Yes, <laughs> they did. the way I felt about and- it. And, and, you know, in the moment, you're thinking Oklahoma State just threw away their playoff chances. But then Bama housed Georgia, basically ensuring that the top four were going to stay the top four just permuted. And therefore, right. the, the stakes of the Big 12 game at the turned end of nothing. Saturday turned out to be nothing. Yeah. Like both, yeah. both went, both are going to a New Year Six Bowl. Everyone's happy. I, I get to sit back and enjoy a, a sugar and a fiesta bowl as opposed to getting thumped by Bama. So. There's that,
0: <laughs> right, right, and of course we talked about the playoff rankings a few times, and I believe a month and a half ago maybe I made some comment about some of these rankings not meaning anything, and us talking about all these things, and of course none of it ever happens, and we all just we all thought, uh, cousin Jared, you and I both were on Georgia, we both really liked Georgia, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that was a a surprise, you know, kudos to Bama for coming out and doing what they did. They looked really impressive, looked not like the team we had seen for most of the previous month and a half.
1: There there was absolutely no way you could have paid attention to college football all year and expected that to be the outcome of the game. That was one of the most surprising results uh, of any game this season uh, to me. I mean, when you saw what some of these other SEC defenses did against Alabama, I mean, the week before when Auburn basically shut them out of the end yeah. zone for 59 minutes, I mean, it, there, there's just no. Well, Auburn no should way. have run
0: that two-point
1: conversion that they ran in the
0: oh, whatever, gosh. if they run that yeah. in regulation. We're going to be here all night if we order. talk about what Auburn <laughs> should have done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and the, and the thing is, is we talked about on podcast, right? We said that number either wasn't going to get to seven or if it was it was going to be a hot for for a hot second that's exactly what happened because there were people out there who were just saying blindly I'm if you you give me seven in Bama I'm taking it and and I said in general that's a smart scenario but we've seen when it goes bad for Bama it goes really bad I'm like I think this is that game I think that's kind of foolish advice turns out that was not (laughs) the way it played out right and so um, yeah lots of lots of chaos in the conference championships it was a lot of fun uh, yeah, well yeah,
1: and circling circling back to Baylor real quick as an unbiased third party. Okay, okay, game, yep, yep. I, I have to I have to say that play to keep the Oklahoma State running back out of the end zone was one of the best individual defensive plays I've ever oh, seen yeah. in my life. I mean it was just I don't even know who the guy was, but it, it was an unbelievable play. And that's that's the thing that's gonna stick with me after the game is I just I don't know if I've ever seen a better defensive play and like, you know, there wasn't a big hit, you know, there wasn't something crazy. It was just a a great football play. And it just, that really stuck in my mind.
2: I haven't been able to bring myself to watch it.
0: Oh, (laughs) to this day,
2: I still haven't seen it.
0: It was the greatest individual play in Baylor football history. And it probably would be the greatest individual, individual, individual play because every other play requires multiple people it requires a great block it requires a pass and a catch right it requires multiple things happening this was uh, 10 guys on both sides of the uh, both sides of the ball were doing other things and then it was just you were there man.
2: for that rg3 throw that beat ou
0: but someone had to i was there for that but someone had to catch that ball
2: anyone could have caught it <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the point was that he threw
0: it <laughs> but i think i think in the moment i don't know how many people would have If it was me, I probably would have dropped it in the moment of all the, oh my gosh, right? But uh, that's why uh, the player who caught that turned out to be a a decent NFL wide receiver, I guess, uh, in in Terrence Williams. Anyway, let's move on. We're going to be here all night just (laughs) talking about the the craziness of this this last couple of weeks here. In case you're new here, you will hear me reference the model throughout the show. So, a reminder to everyone that my full power ratings are available in the Google Sheet that is provided in the show's description. The difference between the two teams ratings once you account for home foot advantage makes up what the model thinks the spread should be between them that's also in the sheet. That gives us a good idea where there's value week to week. In the long run, this is a winning strategy. However, while it does account for recent play it struggles to account for recent injuries and now opt outs and motivations. So what I'll attempt to do in the course of this episode is explain where I think the model will shine. Also note that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I like to say the model will be profitable every week that is clearly an impossible reality for any gambler. The aforementioned sheet contains all of this week's College of Ball picks. We'll also post on Twitter any plays that are added. Links are in the description. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate any and all of those things. And before I move on to the picks, a general PSA. Yeah. I do, I do <laughs> recommend toning down all of the bull bets. Uh, I'm keeping the one, two, three unit scaling to illustrate my confidence level, but cutting all those down is recommended. All of Cousin Jared's plays are half units. Uh, That's because while bowl games are a lot of fun, there's coaches moving around, there's players opting out. It's hard to know motivation. Sometimes it's easy to spot those motivation issues, but then sometimes it flips, right? Sometimes a team hears for weeks how they apparently don't want to be there. And then all of a sudden they do. You you just never really know with these bowl games. And I'll highlight two cases, just with my alma mater, Baylor. Uh, Two years ago, they played Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, Supposedly Georgia didn't want to be there. They were only three-point favorites, three and a half-point favorites, despite that Baylor team having no offense. Everyone said, oh, Baylor's got... They had their whole offensive line opted out. They didn't want to be there, right? And then Baylor just got stomped. Um, and then on the flip side of that, 2015, uh, Baylor was ranked number two for a month in the middle of the season. They had multiple quarterback injuries. They were down to their 3rd three quarterback. Things fell apart. Um, they go play 10th ranked UNC. They run the Wildcat all game, set a bowl record with 645 rushing yards and one handily.
2: That was a good day.
0: It was a, it was a wild game and everyone just thought Baylor's going to get crushed. They had, you know, down to the third quarterback and they lost three of the last four and they came out and, and cruised. So I say all that because it's, it's just hard to be confident this time of year. I recommend keeping that size smaller. The variance is just kind of through the roof. So it's one of those, you might go 20 and five or five and 20 and who really knows. So unless you have that inside information, I just, I recommend keeping everything a little bit smaller because you just never really know this time of year.
1: Well, well there's only going to be like one person who thinks this funny, but if I recall correctly, the first half under did hit in that Baylor Georgia bowl game. Yeah, I'm recalling correctly. <laughs>
0: I think so, it did. Yes, that yeah, was, of course, I, the year that I,
2: Baylor yeah, first of course you'd were... remember that. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I think Baylor first half under hit like every single game that season. their offense was so bad they, they purposely just came out or were like, We're gonna try to control the ball as much as possible, right? So,
2: yeah, uh, no, not that yeah, Georgia game.
0: Uh, if the first half under didn't hit, I think the game under would have hit. I think Baylor didn't score but like 14 the whole game, I think. Um, so if, it, if, if the first F-100 didn't hit the game under what it hit, I guess. But anyway, uh, no segments this week, just bowl games in order. As has been the case, all lines are accurate as of the recording of this episode on December 12th. Courtesy of Bet Online, with one exception, which I'll cover when we get there. Uh, no disrespect to the FCS playoffs or the Celebration Bowl. I don't have FCS numbers. None of us watch that. So we're going to skip the FCS stuff. And kicking us off Friday, December 17th, 11 a.m., the Bahamas Bowl. Uh, Toledo versus Middle Tennessee State. Toledo is a 10-point favorite. Cousin Jared, what do you have for us?
1: This line feels right. I would also say for the sake of the players in this game, and I'm speaking directly to you players here, keep the <laughs> clock running on this thing, okay? And enjoy your time in the Bahamas. You, the game, you know, whatever. Enjoy your time at the Bahamas. Stay out at the beach. Check out all the amenities at the resort that I'm sure you're staying at. You know, the game, yeah, okay, that's great. But, you know, enjoy your time in the Bahamas. 11
2: a.m. kick, guys. Please try to be done before happy hour. <laughs>
0: 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Central. The, why, do we even know what times in the Bahamas are in? Are they i'm pretty well, sure they they're in something time. beyond eastern okay if they're eastern I, that's a I, I guess it's a only noon but yeah.
2: <laughs> jack what do you have for us on this one uh the bahamas are on eastern time or oh, yeah, okay. whatever it's worth all right okay. so, so I, a noon kickoff for them tonight jack's not going to have a lot of micro analysis on each individual game i'm instead running one overarching strategy for this first set of bowl games and i'm basically playing that If there is a motivation issue, it is probably going to be pulling these larger lines more to the middle. So you're going to see me take a lot of points tonight. And I mean that both on an individual game basis and just throughout the podcast. So official pick for me, um, I am going to be taking those 10 points with Toledo. Middle Tennessee State. Middle Tennessee State. Thank you. Yeah. whichever yeah, I mean, you don't went, need whichever to... way it went, exactly. Yeah, you're just, you're just taking, <laughs> I don't points. care. Give me points. <laughs> give, me, t- give, me, give me points in the Bahamas, especially.
0: <sighs> hey, I'm I'm with you. I'm taking Middle Tennessee State and the ten points. It's a it's a one unit play, just a lean for me. So my smallest confidence. My model says it should only be nine and a half, but honestly, on this game, I kind of throw the model out. They're in the Bahamas, right? This is one of those where one of the teams might not show up to play football and that's fair. You're going to the Bahamas. You get a free trip for it. I don't know which team it would be. So I'm just taking all the points. If they both show up to play, it could be a fun game, right? The, Who the, the, heck second, knows?
2: the second best, just happy to be their bowl game.
0: Yes. Yes. Definitely a fun one uh, to, to, to travel to. If you're um, you know, if you're a player, it's better, it's better to go there than some of these other locations we'll talk about later on. <laughs> The other Friday game, a uh, 5 p.m. Central kickoff. So you got two games kicking off relatively early. Uh, it's kind of interesting. The Cure Bowl in Orlando. That is Coastal Carolina versus Northern Illinois, and Coastal Carolina is a 10-point uh, favorite. Cousin Jared, I believe you have a uh, an official pick for us on this one.
1: Yes. First pick of the bowl game season. I am taking the 10 points with Northern Illinois here. Um, so a couple of things. Number one, Northern Illinois, their affinity for playing in one score games. I mean, it seems to know no end. So, you know, I feel pretty good about getting 10, 10 points there. The other thing is I think Northern Illinois is going to be really motivated motivated in this game, winning the conference championship, coming back, getting to a bowl game after having an absolutely terrible season last year. Uh, Coastal Carolina, on the other hand, had high expectations this year and now they're they're looking down and they're playing in the cure bowl the against north illinois yeah probably not too excited about that I, it i think Grayson mccall is playing in this game quarterback for coastal carolina he played in their last regular season game as well if coastal plays up to their potential they, they probably cover this game but you know I don't know if they're going to be motivated and McCall's been injured all season. If he's, you know, slow getting up once or twice, there's no reason for coastal Carolina to keep him out there. So um, official pick for me here. I'm taking the 10 points in Northern Illinois and not to sidetrack us here. We don't have to discuss it, but how is Chadwell, uh, the coach at coastal Carolina, still the coach at coastal Carolina. Uh, I, I can't believe that somebody hasn't coached him away yet.
0: With all the moves and the coaching carousel, it, he's one that a hundred percent should have been.
2: Yeah maybe he has a really nice beach house in Myrtle and (laughs) you don't want to give that up (laughs) to be fair
0: if you yeah I mean Myrtle Beach is a nice place right so it's not it's hard hard to beat the location there (laughs) (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. so 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 I of course concur with Jared for the arguments that I talked about earlier so official play for me I will also be taking the points with Northern Illinois um But for for a lot of the things Jared just described, like this has backdoor written all over it. Like even if Coastal is up big, what is their incentive to keep their foot on the gas? Well, run the ball, run out the clock, go to Disney World. It's right there.
0: It's true. It's true. I'm going the other direction. This is our one head-to-head here of this podcast. I'm going two units of standard play here. Coastal minus 10. The model says 14, so I think, uh, Cousin Jared, what you said is absolutely accurate. If Coastal shows up, they're going to cover this line. Um, I have no idea if they will show up. We talked about motivation issues. This is why we said tamp everything down, because you just never know exactly what's going to happen. Bowl games are notorious for a team is favored by a bunch of points and loses. Uh, It's also notorious for random 40 to 7 type games. If Coastal shows up, this could easily be 31 to 3 at the half. And then there's no backdoor opportunity because Coastal is running away. So that's what I'm counting on that Coastal is a just much better team than Northern Illinois. So uh, I'm on the other side of y'all on
2: this one. Need to add a Disney World covariate to the model.
0: I mean, yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, you could add just a general one, right? A location, right? The, the, The next one, Boca Raton. Orlando, Bahamas, Hawaii, right? Some of those, (laughs) are they in a place that makes them just maybe not care, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Central kickoff, the Boca Raton Bowl features, this should be a really good one, Appalachian State versus Western Kentucky. Appalachian State is a three-point favorite. Uh, Cousin Jared.
1: I... Man, I was this close, guys, to taking the three points with Western Kentucky here. Um, I mean, they are, but the thing is, is I think it was more a play with my heart than with my mind. Like I do do I think that you know, Western Kentucky could win this game? Absolutely. I think they could. Is getting three points seems smart? Absolutely. But I think I, I just enjoy the brand of football they play. They're fun to watch, like every game that they uh, plan seems to be really entertaining and so i think it's more like my heart wants to back them just because i want it to be a good game I, I don't know if i can come up with any good you know good insight or, or reason why i should back them so you know watch twitter maybe it's something i, I add later um but no great insight i just i, I like watching western kentucky play they're a, they're a fun team
2: yeah th- th- this is going to be like my official like start for the bowl season like yeah. I'm working Friday, but Saturday I wake up. I'll turn on the TV. We'll just have this on all day. Yep. And, and this is this is a good one to start with on a. Saturday. It's a good one to kick us off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel
0: like there's some years where the first Saturday game is <laughs> a seven and five team and a six and six team, and you know it's this one. This one should be good, one, though. Uh, this is one of my four best bets for the day. I'm taking Western Kentucky plus three. Uh, the model puts it right around here, so it's not a model edge. It's simply. I have I went against Appalachian State in the conference championship game. That worked out really well as they were favored and lost outright. Uh, Western Kentucky played much better than I think people realize in that conference championship game against UTSA. That was a really fun game on Friday night. I had UTSA, uh, and it played out basically just like I thought it would in that I wanted – there was some value because UTSA was plus money at home and I thought it's a wild game and anything can happen. If you shuffle around the scores in that game, it's back and forth and UTSA barely wins. As it turns out, UTSA gets all the points early. Western Kentucky gets them all late. But I mean, both teams scored easily yeah. uh, at times. And I think that, I think there's value on this number at three. And that's why it's a best bet because of the plus three. At plus At two and a half, I like it a whole lot less simply because I think that this number should be south of three, but I think that there's value in Western Kentucky because people are seeing, hey, this team just lost to UTSA. They were favored against UTSA. I think, I think it's just a skewed perception of that game um, because Appalachian State hung in there against Louisiana, uh, but Western Kentucky just – I think people just stopped watching, right? They got down big. Right. They stopped watching it, and I think people were writing them off. But I think this, this spread should be two and a half. So I think they're going be ba- the value of plus three there may even be some people on this podcast that stopped watching that game. I was one of them. I don't know about, about you. I stopped watching it. I was like, Hey, I'm, you know, cash of the UTSA ticket watching yeah. other things. All of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, this is a game. I again, mean, right. Yeah. I got,
2: I got off the plane heard about how Oklahoma state lost and then college football didn't exist for me the rest of the day. Yeah.
0: Go, <laughs> so yeah, best bet for me, Western Kentucky plus three. I just, I love getting the three there in a game that should be really good. I think there's a lot of value there at that number so i recommend that um second game of the day on saturday the 18th a 115 central kickoff the new mexico bowl utep versus fresno state and fresno state is a whopping 11 and a half point favorite guys this line stinks
1: and I'm but I'm not falling for it this time. No official play for me here. I have no idea why Fresno State is only an eleven and a half point favorite here. Uh maybe you know the book bookmakers are kind of like, you know, I am when I said I'm done with the top teams in the Mountain West, because I just can't figure out which one's good week to week. I think that Fresno state is, is much, much better. Um, I I think back to when UTEP played Boise state earlier this season and just got shellacked. I mean, it was like 52 to three or something like that. And, And we realized as the season went on, Boise state wasn't that great. Um, this seems way off to me, but UTEP hasn't been to a bowl game, and I don't know how long they're going to be super excited. They don't care that it's the New Mexico Bowl. Actually, that's probably their preference. That's probably the closest bowl to El Paso. So the Sun Bowl. Okay, well, okay, the Sun Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> besides, besides the Sun Bowl, this is the But do they want to go to the bowl man.
0: that's in their home
1: stadium? I, I don't well, know. Well, yeah. So I think they're going to be excited to be there. I think they're going to, uh, you know, be really excited and play really well. Fresno State coach left, but their quarterback staying now. He entered transfer portal and decided he himself out decided he's going to stay when they announced that Tedford was going to be the head coach there going forward. So, I mean, he's going to play. I don't see a reason why they shouldn't win easily. Um, but man, I think there's going to be a motivated UTEP team and I, I just can't bring myself to, to back Fresno state here.
2: So I don't like this line either in the same direction that you don't like it, <clears throat> but I made my rule and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> so official pick for me, I am going to take the points with UTEP. Um, If I'm going to try and make an argument on this, like UTEP plays both New Mexico schools almost every year. So at least Albuquerque's familiar territory for them. And they're not having to deal with all the rabid Lobo fans over there. And then, yeah, maybe maybe there's a huge motivation issue from Fresno State. Um, I love the New Mexico Bowl, though. Have you guys seen the trophy for the New Mexico Bowl?
0: Can't say I have. Have
2: either. It is a hand painted Zia clay pot. Nice. And I think the MVPs of the game actually get like leather like shields. A, oh,
1: leather shields. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now we're like, talking.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, like there's I mean, there's an individual motivation. Like, you want to do well in this game because you get, <laughs> you get to well take home some you can take home some weaponry.
0: <laughs> and that's and that's where too, you know, we talk about motivations, right? It's tough because there was almost a time when the motivation might not have been there because, you know, you were thinking about the draft, right? But now all those guys just opt out and don't even play. So we know about it, but sometimes it's hard to model that. It's hard to really know, right? If one lineman is out, even if he's the best lineman, I'm, I'm moving the number, maybe half a point, maybe a point if he's really good and the backup's really bad, but it's not that much, but there's a cumulative effect, right? It's like three or four, right? But sometimes that's hard to figure out, Um, but at least we know about it, right? So the guys that are still there in theory should have plenty of motivation. They're playing for jobs next year, right? So I expect everyone to come out and play hard. I'm falling for it for better or worse. I'm taking Fresno State minus 11 and a half, standard play two units for me. (laughs) The model says 16 and a half, so. Yeah. I can't explain it either. I think that we've seen UTEP really struggle when they go up in class. UTEP's been a right. fantastic story this year. Like you said, getting to a bowl in the first time and I don't even know how long. Yeah. But they, they beat up on the Rices of the world. They beat up on the New Mexico, New Mexico states of the world. They really struggled when they played teams with a pulse. Yeah. Fresno State has a pulse. So yeah. I'm just <laughs> rolling with it. I can't advocate this as a best bet. I cannot. I can't advocate as a rule of thumb, a best bet laying double digits in a bowl game because you just... Talk about you just never know yeah if, to me the best bets in bowl games are around key numbers usually around three <laughs> that's where it's like oh i'm getting really good value on the right side of three uh otherwise i can't advocate a best bet but yeah the model just loves fresno state here and, and i think that i think it's right um if they show yeah, so, up they should they should so,
2: so the professor and i are going head to head and this is probably going to be be one of the games where the correct decision was Jared's.
0: Yeah, yeah, do nothing <laughs> exactly. Well, if nothing else. We won't push, right? It's
2: it, sometimes, it, <laughs> yeah. sometimes, it's like well, all this for a push,
0: right? But we, I, I, feel confident that we will not
2: push this one. One of us will uh, win. And one of us. This yeah. is going to be the game where I wish I exercised discretion.
0: There you go. Yeah, very possible. Uh, moving on, two thirty in the afternoon again on the eighteenth. Still the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana, UAB versus BYU. Kristen, uh, Jared, and I went to an independence bowl a long time ago, actually Uh, Georgia played A&M and we were talking about this pre-pod and he didn't even remember that it was me there. So I don't even know what to make of this. Yeah, yeah. I
1: completely forgot that you went with me, went with me yeah. to the game. <laughs> uh, all I remember from there, um, the future Miss Cousin Jared was at that game. And I remember running into her during the game. So like everything else was kind of like a blackout. Well, okay, I know a lost. Uh, but other than that, you know, I, I saw her a lost. That was really all I remember from that game. It, so I was there with you. Great. I'm sure
0: it was a great time. And I'll, and I'll add, I, I hope that... I that Mrs. Cousin Jaren isn't watching this because all I remember was you went off and met some girl, but I couldn't remember which girl it was.
1: Okay, so. well, okay, touche, <laughs> yeah, touche.
0: Speaking, speaking of though, uh, I want to talk real quick. You know, Jack and I talked about Baylor, the State. Uh, next, next, uh, you know, part two of the podcast, we'll have a lot of games to talk about. I don't know how much time I want to dive into. Texas AM m season uh so cousin Jared I did want to give you the floor and talk about that if there was any disappointments uh with the season at least at least you we will talk about them next week in a bowl as opposed to Texas who we won't be talking about so there is that for you at, at a minimum yeah, right yeah yeah um so I, I feel like I
1: may not be the best person to talk to you about this um because I think going into the season or at I think the consensus for most of the people around AM was 10 wins. That's kind of what they had had the expectation in their mind. For me, I mean, it was definitely a step below that. I was thinking maybe more like nine wins or something like that. And the reason I say that is because they lost their starting quarterback and they lost all but one uh, player on their offensive line. So going into the season, I-, I thought that our offense was going to have some some problems or at least it was going to take a while uh, for them to kind of get built up and, and really get going. Uh, and then the starting quarterback getting hurt the second game of the season, uh, break- breaking his ankle. So after that, Calzada came in. And so for me, we're kind of still on track for the season that I expected. We lost the Arkansas game. You know, I I said on the podcast here, I took the points with Arkansas. I didn't feel great about that game. That game was always close. And um, having a quarterback making his first career SEC start in that game against Arkansas, I, I just didn't you know feel real good about it from a and side of things. So losing that game, you know, I didn't think it was that big a deal. Everything was kind of still ahead of us. You know, hopefully the quarterback was playing better week to week. But what really Broke it for me was when we lost to Mississippi State at home, and our defense, you know, allowed the Mississippi State quarterback to throw for like 420 yards or or Mm -hmm. something like that. So that was really the one that kind of, you know, broke my heart for the season. Because honestly, I think maybe the next week we beat Alabama. And I was happy that we beat Alabama. It's terrible to say, but I was happy that we beat Alabama for about 10 seconds. And then I was just even more mad that we lost to Mississippi State right. the, the <laughs> yeah. week before, um, yeah. because that really drove me crazy. What, so what
0: could have been it, exactly. Yeah. What, which, is, what, yeah what, which is what made that game that much more confusing at the time. It was like, didn't this team just lose at home to Mississippi State? Like, I don't understand. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> yeah. So after our starting quarterback got hurt, honestly, I think we ended up about the, the same place that I thought we would after our original starter got hurt because, you know, even going into the season with a brand new starting quarterback and a brand new starting offensive line, you could have easily seen losses to, you know, Alabama and you know, a loss to, you know, I thought LSU was going to be better this season, a loss to LSU. I thought that we were gonna have a hard time with Ole Miss. You know, everybody kind of knew they were gonna put up a lot of points this season. So, you know, I may not be the best person to ask. This season went I guess about how I would have expected, but with like so many more highs and lows mm-hmm. than I would have anticipated the season having. Um, so yeah, I, I'm i not too terribly heartbroken, but again, I may
0: not be representative of the A&M fan base. And the 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 general feeling of the fan base that was a little bit more pessimistic, I'm, I'm assuming?
1: I think they would be more disappointed with the season, yes. I think, um, you know, I think others would say that, the quarterback competition went a long way into the, the fall camp that the backup, you know, should have been just as good. Should have stepped right at, in, yeah. yeah. Yeah, should have stepped right in, no big deal. Our defense was phenomenal, which, which is accurate. And then I think they viewed beating Alabama more as, hey, this is the team playing like they should when my point of view of that game was we kicked their butts the first half and then held on for dear life. Yeah, we held on for dear life. So, you know, uh, again, I think most of the other people probably would have been more disappointed with the season than I was. Again, this is kind of what I expected, but just not how I expected it. Yeah,
0: yeah we, we didn't realize at the time, but we saw the back half of Alabama season play out in that AM game. The first half, yeah. the struggle, and then the second half, how they played against Georgia, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, it, it, it's, it's just interesting to me, and, and either one of you can comment or, or not, we can move on after this. I, I just think it's fascinating that you've got a team who, in Texas A&M, who was set up for moderate success in the Big 12, leaves the Big 12 to go to the SEC. Most people at the time, I think, outside of College Station said that was a foolish move. You're gonna make maybe a little more money, but it's just not gonna be good for the program. It's mostly turned out that way. It's up the brand a little bit, which has helped, but there haven't been a lot of successes. It's been a lot of nine-win seasons, a lot of eight-win seasons, and so it's it's been you know maybe successful in some ways, but but not really what people were inside of college station were hoping. And then you see Texas run the same play. I just think it's fascinating. Texas, had a team that you know we we dig on. A&M winning eight games in the SEC, Texas can't win eight games in the game 12. <laughs> and so it, it just the whole thing is just fascinating to me. And I, I get there's the whole money thing, and, and that drives
2: you know all of this, but to me, it's amazing. Have I been on the podcast since Texas lost to Kansas?
0: I don't I don't remember. Uh, hey guys, did you hear that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Texas lost to Kansas? Yeah. Again, yeah. It's it just the whole thing just is it blows my mind. And it's just it's it, it's fascinating if you could go back is that and it, uh, you we don't have to dive into this but right is that the decision that texas AM would make again would it would the prestige and the money is it is it worth it or would they say they think because i think take some of those texas a teams you put them in the big 12 i think they i think they're the playoff at a couple of those years i think they're national title contenders but instead they're in the sec getting beat up by teams that are pretty good you know yeah they would they would do it a hundred times out of a hundred. Still a hundred yeah, times. Yeah. I agree. I just, yeah. I think there's, I think they have a chance at a national title in the big 12, a couple of those seasons. And I think they traded it away for getting away from Texas and the money and all those other things. And then, and then, and like I said, I think it's fascinating because Texas isn't even doing as well as a has been doing. Yeah. And well, now they're it, signing up for the same deal. Well,
1: yeah. And not to, not to prolong this conversation even further, but I feel like what you're describing is Oklahoma and Oklahoma still decided to do the same thing. Exactly. So, yes, I, I, absolutely. I don't. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't get.
2: it. it uh, yeah, are, yeah. are we all idiots? It, it, well, would, yeah. would every program hey. sell their spirit for the sake of more money on the bottom line? Look, I, I, I'm probably. I'm not
1: saying if I were AM that I wouldn't make the move again. Honestly, I probably would. I'm saying if I'm Oklahoma and Texas, I I don't understand this when yeah. they've kind of got the run of the mill there because it's not like AM had the run of the mill in in the if, Big Twelve. You you're know, right. You're out. In through. my opinion, it, in my opinion, it's and, it's and no way reason different. to
2: believe in 2011 that they were ever going to have the run of the land in the big field. Yeah.
1: Sometime we may, (laughs) I may record a solo pod on the 2011 (laughs) football season and it might go two hours. Uh, I think we had like five, one score losses that year. Mm. It was awful. Don't get me started.
2: You you and I should drown our sorrows on 2011.
1: (laughs) Well, well, yes, but also y'all, we were ahead of
0: y'all at halftime.
2: Oh yeah. and,
1: And then, lost that game like we we've managed to find a way to lose every game. anyway sorry yeah and, yeah, and, and but and,
0: and you're right the, the decision at the time very different than this decision I'm not I'm not disputing yeah. that at all I'm just saying that the, the 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 main bottom line being there were a couple a and teams that if everything plays like you put that team in the big 12 and yeah. I understand that it's different being with OU in Texas but a lot of those years Texas not being very good a couple of those years yeah. just having to be OU and boom they're in the playoff yeah. As opposed to the road they had in the SEC, is tough. I and mean, then, like you said, now OU and Texas signing up for the same thing when they are the cream of the crop is. Yeah.
2: I mean, if. Anyway, if it's just, of, it, the whole thing is. If, if one of AM's goals was to get some notoriety and get away from Texas and OU, you have to think that this last decade was like opportunity lost because now the, the road's yeah. just as tough. And now you have to deal with Texas and OU again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That will anyway, be my my second solo pod. We'll be trying to figure out what the the no, no pun intended the pods or whatever the groupings right. are that they make for the SEC when they go to the the sixteen teams. That'll be my second it's, solo. It's pod. gonna
0: be yeah, it's gonna be weird no matter what they do.
1: Yeah.
2: Anyway, so in, yeah. independence yeah, bowl. There a game? Yeah,
0: yeah. It's <laughs> <yeah. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> byu. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> BYU. is hey, well, a six and a half point favorite. All right, so let's talk about the you're, independence you're gonna bowl. You're going to need two different time steps for the freaking I know. I for bowl. sure. For <laughs> sure <laughs>
0: Yeah. on this one for sure. For people who want to talk about the game, you're right. You're at the spot right now. you may be BYU. What do yeah. you got for us, cousin Jerry?
1: Yeah. So BYU. I'll, I'll keep it succinct. I, BYU has failed me uh, one too many times here at the end of the season against some of these lower level teams. They've won, but they haven't covered. Uh, so my natural inclination was to lay the points with BYU here, but I'm not going to fall for it again. So I'm staying away from this game.
2: My only independence bowl related story is that it was Mike Gundy's first bowl game at Oklahoma State and he beat Alabama in the last game Alabama played before Saban became head coach.
0: I remember that they had an interim wow. head coach for that game, I believe. And the
2: fates are conspiring to make sure that Oklahoma State and Alabama never play each other again. <laughs> yeah. But Oklahoma State has scoreboard so there you go. I guess I'm okay with that there you go there you go
0: I'm taking the six and a half with UAB as a one unit pick just a lean for me my lowest confidence the model says it should only be five and a half so I'm hoping this game is fun and goes to overtime and then I can just sit back and hope it doesn't end up as a weird eight point game um, you know this one's a really tough one to handicap in my opinion so that's why I said I feel like just Take the points here. It's more than six. Seems like the smart move, but it's not a pick I love um, at all for this one. The Lending Tree Bowl is 4.45 Central Time. That is in Mobile, Alabama, Eastern Michigan versus Liberty. Liberty is a nine and a half point favorite at most places. That's the line that we're using for this. I will note that Bet Online has it as of tonight, has it at eight and a half. But some crazy numbered on, on the juice for one side and plus odds on the other, which is really good. Most places have nine and a half. So we're just going to use nine and a half because that's available pretty much everywhere else. And so that's the line that we use for this. Uh, Cousin Jared, what's your take for us?
1: no official play for me here as of yet if this gets to 10 i'm probably taking eastern michigan uh you know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago uh when liberty played army like when liberty plays a halfway decent team it usually doesn't go well for them they just kind of feast on those really bad teams i know it's eastern michigan but i mean eastern michigan's in a bowl game they won seven games this year i think so i mean don't get me wrong they're not going to set the world on fire but should they be getting double digits against Liberty? I'm not sure. Um, so this is a line I'm watching. No play for me as of yet, but if it, if it, if it gets to 10, it it may become an official play.
2: Check sticking with my rule (laughs) official play for me. I will take the points with Eastern Michigan. Um, I know it's mobile, Alabama. I've never been to mobile, Alabama. I don't even know if mobile, Alabama is nice, but the forecast in Michigan for Saturday is snow. (laughs) So, Almost anywhere is going to be better to be on Saturday than Michigan. <laughs> it's
0: probably true. Probably true. Um, I am laying the nine and a half with Liberty standard pick two units for me. Uh, I'm going to take exactly what you said, cousin Jared. I'm going to flip it around. Eastern Michigan is in a bowl game because they play in the Mac and somebody had to be in a bowl game. I think <laughs> the Mac has, some decent okay teams at the top, and then I think they typically end up with a bunch of six and seven win teams that get there because they beat up on each other. Now, to be fair, they sometimes do well in bowl games because of the motivation because they're coming to play hard. So I, I don't want to take that away from them, but I think that Eastern Michigan is in a different class of than Liberty. I think I think they're Closer to some of those weaker teams. I think this is one of those teams that Liberty beats up on, as opposed to my, my model has this uh, at eight and a half uh, neutral site. When my model pegs Liberty as a three point favorite, I get nervous. When my model pegs them closer to 10, that's when I think that they can do their damage. I just don't think Eastern Michigan is very good. Hmm. So I'm laying the nine and a half. Two position.
2: of their seven wins <laughs> are by one point. <laughs>
0: okay well uh, so I, both, I saw both, i said that and both of y'all are like who do they
2: play this year yeah
1: well, so yeah. i so we'll go ahead jack
2: you you won't be impressed by who they played so yeah, go no, ahead Jared. not at all
1: so two divisions in football this year uh had every team in the division not conference division uh bowl eligible one was the sec west what was the other division
0: I guess the Mac since we're here
1: the Mac West every team won at least six games in the Mac west and I'm guessing had... it's
0: because they just beat up on the Mac east and they beat My up on each other and so they all probably had between like eight and six six and eight wins right that is a fairly accurate assessment yes they yeah. had one six and six team
1: three seven and five teams one eight and four and one nine and four
0: yeah yeah Oh, actually I, eight and I four, feel they
1: won the conference championship game Northern so yeah two eight and four so yeah
0: yeah I, I I feel like that happens I feel like the Mac's pretty consistent with that they usually have yeah a couple of teams at the top that are decent, and they have a couple of teams that get in just because someone has to. And again, sometimes those teams do really well. I don't want to take that away and say all the back teams are going to lose bowl games. That's not what I'm trying to say. It's just that sometimes they just get outclassed. I think Liberty is that right. type of team that's going to beat up on a bad team. So mm-hmm. I feel confident laying the nine and a half uh, with Liberty if they show up and do what they normally do. I think that they should win this by double digits. Saturday night, 6.30 Central kickoff. The, the Jimmy Kimmel... L.A. Bowl. <laughs> I, I look. It's or it's. Hold on. Okay. It's Oregon State. Oh, wait. What? Utah State. Oregon State's a seven and a half point favorite. It's the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. I, you know, I'm not saying to sponsor on a lot of these because, namely, I don't want to. Um. Have you know have to type that in, but this one I, I did. I guess it's working because we're talking about it. Right. Uh, fair enough. The L.A. Bowl is a weird name, but the. the I, I don't even know where to go with the name of this. Like, sh- should we talk about the game or the name? I feel like we could go either way on this one. Well,
1: I, I want to talk about the game on okay, this one. Fine, fine, And, and that's what yeah. we're going to do. All right. <laughs> and, and and Utah State, I said I wanted to take the U- under in that Utah State-San Diego State game. And man, am I glad I did not because think- Utah State almost did it themselves.
0: And I think you pegged, was that the game that you pegged the number correctly? Where, it was one game we talked about in the under and you were like, it's off of this number. and that, and that, And I wanted that number, like that number hit. But then everything, like it got like right to that. Was that the game? Or? I, I
1: I don't want to get too far off track, but okay, you and yeah, I basically yeah. called everything that happened in conference championship game yeah. weekend. Um, one of them was uh, the, I think Houston and Cincinnati ended up like right at 52. I or th- that was like what that. it was. 53. I think
2: we're
0: 50, Yeah. And, and I think it was like, you were like, it was 55 and a half and I wanted that and then it's gone. <laughs> and then it lands yeah. like, right at 55 or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, we, we caught a lot of things right there. Anyway, so. I have no idea what to make of Utah State, Uh, Oregon State, is much better at running the balls than they are passing the ball. And I think back to, like I said, against the San Diego State, I think about what Wyoming did um, to Utah State there at the back half of the season where they just ran all over them. And I think that Oregon State could run all over Utah State. But after seeing Utah State- But State's we thought that last
0: or two weeks ago, yeah.
1: Yeah, when, when we saw Utah State's we- offense against San Diego State, man, uh, they look really good. So yeah. um, I'm staying away on this game. I think it's going to be really entertaining. I think it's going to be high scoring, uh, but not enough for me to play totally there um so yeah enjoy the game i think this is going to be a good uh late game on that saturday
2: i want to talk about jimmy kimmel <laughs> all right <go> for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so what station is this game being broadcast on is it an espn game is it I a mean, fox game it
1: isn't isn't every game an espn game basically <laughs> except for like
0: four i yeah but, but some of them do get aired on abc so it could be an abc I'll, i'm looking it up right now
2: Who's providing the commentary for this game? It's, it's an ABC game. Okay, so 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 Jimmy Kimmel could provide the commentary for this game.
1: You would think. He, I mean, he 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 is going to make an appearance. Like one thousand percent, gonna, yeah, yeah, gonna I, make an appearance.
2: Yeah, I, I either want Jimmy like a, Kimmel to do the entire commentary for the game, or I want whoever at least does have. have to do the mean tweets thing. Yeah, yes. Yes. This one should there's, be fun to watch there's going to be, plenty gonna of be some gimmick. There's going to be a gimmick for this, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I, yeah. You, 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 you can't not let Jimmy Kimmel do something here.
0: Yeah. All right. This is uh, this is a, over seven. Do you want you want this one too, I guess, Jack? Seven and a half? No. 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 Not taking no. this one. Okay. No, I'll right. take this one. So the rest on this one, I'm taking the <laughs> seven and a half with Utah State. Normal two-unit play. The model thinks six and a half. I, I went against like, Utah State hard against San Diego State I have learned my lesson um I'm kind of like you I think Oregon State is a pretty similar team to San Diego State and we just saw what they did to them and so this is one of those things where Oregon State is a better team don't get me wrong but when I can get the seven and the hook I think there's value on that and so that's why I like Utah State here just because of that number um the like I said the model makes a six and a half and I think six to six and a half is the right number on this so if the number falls that's where I would say you got to pass or you just got to pick your favorite side or something like that but when you're getting seven and then especially the hook I think that's a solid play on Utah State uh because I think they are good enough to hang in this game especially after what they did with San Diego State and wrapping us up, Saturday night, eight fifteen central. The New Orleans Bull. Marshall is at Louisiana. I'm gonna say at because Louisiana often ends yeah. up in this game, and that's a home game for Louisiana. That thing yep. is hardcore red in the stands. Uh, this game, I am giving Louisiana two points for a home foot advantage, um, for better or worse. When I make this, uh, when the model makes this game up, so uh, Louisiana is a five point favorite here, uh, cousin Jared. So I don't normally
1: say this about totals, but guys, the total on this game stinks. Okay. So kind of the, the, the way that I aggregate my numbers for totals, I mean, especially late in the season, I mean, you're getting down to two, two and a half points is a pretty big gap in, in what I think the total would be, man here, the, the stuff that I look at, it should be around like 50 or 51, which is really strange. So I'm going to fall for it. We've talked about it a couple of times here on the podcast that 55 is the most key number for a total in college football that online currently has 55 and a half official play for me. I am taking the under 55 and a half. I really like this, like this play. There's it's the point. I think there's something I'm missing here. So I'm just going to tell you that up front and it's a bowl game. Not a full unit play here. People only half unit plays, uh, but uh, official play for me. I'm taking the under 55 and a half.
2: How dare you root for unwatchable football in bowl season, Jared? <laughs>
1: I, I can't argue with that. Yes, that is a very important to say. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, am, uh, I am laying the five with Louisiana. This is w- another one of the best bets for me. So a three-unit play here. The model makes this seven and a half. Even if I were to only give Louisiana one point for home foot, it'd be six and a half. This is a spot for Louisiana right here. They came out and played really well in their bowl game, in their conference championship game. I think they're gonna come out play well here in this bowl game. I think there's a lot to like with Louisiana. Uh, so I think you got a lot of different ways you can look at this game, whether you take Louisiana or if you take that under that cousin Jerry talked about, um, some solid options for you. <laughs> Moving on to Monday, December the 20th, 1:30 in the afternoon, the Myrtle Beach Bowl. That's Tulsa versus Old Dominion. This is two six-win teams. Tulsa's a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. But my question for y'all is, how many people are going to watch this game on a work day at 1.30 with two six-win teams, two alma maters who don't have a ton of alumni out there? <laughs> Jack, you'll be off, Jack, because of your job. But a lot of people will be working. <laughs> I mean... This is a game that I feel like would be better off at night, but I guess we have Monday Night Football and ESPN airs all the games, so they don't want to go against themselves.
1: I will be working that day, but I will not comment on whether I'll be watching it in case anybody (laughs) I work with will will watch this podcast. Um, I I was trying to come up with something to say about this game, and then you said there's two six-win teams, and I'm just like, no, it's probably just better left unsaid. I don't have anything to add on this game.
2: Yeah. Jack? So, so let's get this out of the way. Official play for me. I'm going to take all the points that all dominion is getting out in Myrtle beach. It's, it is two, six win teams, but Tulsa's only a handful of points here and there away from having another two very impressive wins on their resume back when Oklahoma state was floundering. And of course, Cincinnati it's, so I, I get why the line is what it is. And that makes me nervous, but darn my rules and my inability to deviate from them
0: hey i don't think it's a bad play i've got a one unit play so just a lean for me on old dominion plus nine and a half the model makes us eight and a half so i'm getting a little bit of value i don't know what to make of this game either but that just seems like a lot of points in a game on a beach where people might not care um i'd love i'd like 10 if it's at 10 I, i feel better about that but I'm kind of like you, Jared. It's two six-wing teams. There's not a lot to say. It's a lot of points for a bowl game, but you know what's going to happen. So I'm taking the nine and a half just for the smallest confidence pick I can give you on this podcast.
2: I don't know how nice Myrtle Beach is in December. That might it's get cold. Pretty or cool. It might get cool.
0: If you're from Tulsa, it's prettier than anything you have back home. And if you're from Old Dominion, it's probably still warmer than anything you have back home.
2: Yeah. So there's there's that. My apologies to my friends (laughs) in Tulsa.
0: Speaking of warmth, Tuesday afternoon, the 21st, 2.30 p.m., the Idaho Potato Bowl, Wyoming versus Kent State. A wise move to put this game at 2.30 central. It'll be a 1.30 mountain time kickoff because in Boise, Idaho, uh, the weather could get nasty. And if it does get nasty, you do not want to play this game at night because that could get really bad. For everybody involved, Wyoming is a three-point favorite. Uh, Cousin Jared, what is your pick for us
1: on this team? So, Jack, you say that you want some points, so I am going to oblige you here. A f- official play for me, I am taking the over 58-and-a-half. Can't believe I'm taking the over. In How Wyoming many overs have you taken on this podcast? <laughs> uh, maybe like three or something. Yeah. <laughs> <lot. It's> not a <laughs> And an over in a Wyoming game, I mean, come on, this this is absolutely insane here, people. But let me hit y'all with some knowledge on this, okay? So Wyoming played two MAC teams this year. <laughs> One of them was when I had the under against Northern Illinois, and they scored 50, okay, in that game. They went over by themselves. And then they also played Ball State and put up 45. And I, I've referenced a couple times, you know, what they just demolished, Utah State there at the, the end of the season. Um, Kent State, so Kent State, you know, going over 58 for Kent State is – nothing to them. So they uh, played 13 games. They only went under 58 and a half four times, but two of those games, one was against Iowa, one was against Texas A&M So, you know, Kent State, very, you know, they like to go over the number as well. Um, if I were making a like a play on this right now, I would probably buy a half a point here to get it to 58. 58 is like the third most key number on, on totals. Um, so I would buy down that half a point if I could. Um, I, I really like this play. As the professor just said, though, you could run into some weather issues <laughs> at, at this place at this time of year. Um, so I may wait and hold off on making this play if I were you um, and until you kind of get a little more clarity on the forecast. But official play for me here, I'm taking to over 58 and a half.
2: You are going to run into weather issues. There is snow in the forecast for five days between now and kickoff. And it's hey. never gonna get above 37. So hey. it may not matter, professor, what time you kick this game off because you might be getting well, a boulder well, <laughs> yes, instead but of a football. At least,
0: at least it'll be 10 to 15 degrees warmer uh, than if yeah. you kicked off at you know 7 p.m. prime time type slot. Well, and you know, any forecast model is really not really good out past much like we've, three or four or five days. So you know we've got yeah, we've gotten we've gotten better at predicting out – you know, 10 days in advance than, than we were, you know, a decade ago. You're getting quite a few
2: of those to be wrong.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There, this is definitely an interesting one where you're watching the weather, right? You're kind of, it's kind of a catch 22, because if you, if you wait and don't play this at 58 and a half and the weather clears up, it's going to go to 60. Yeah. Yeah. Probably 61, 62, and they are talking about crossing some quasi-key numbers there, Yeah, potentially. If the weather is bad, they're probably they're already baking in bad weather. If the weather's bad, it might drop to 58, maybe 57, just to confirm that. Uh, but then if the weather's bad, again, it's already baked in, you're kind right. of hoping that the weather's bad in a way that they can still score. And now you start breaking down what sort of weather, and this is why... I have no totals in my model. I've thought about it, but I mean, weather is so key in making a total because it's not just wind, but it's the direction of the wind, right? A crosswind really affects passing in your face or behind you doesn't affect the passing. When you talk about precipitation, depending on how it plays out, sometimes if it's snow that's out there, it can actually help the offense because the offensive guy knows where he's going and the defender doesn't right so it's really tough to figure out if it's bad weather it may not actually really keep things that bad I, I think back to the biggest weather issues are if you can't see and or it's five degrees and or it's a crossways wind right and that's one of those where it's just it, it's tough to kind of figure out people oh it's bad weather no points maybe right depends on a lot of factors so this is a tough one to try to figure out how, how long do you wait? And then when you wait, everyone else is the same stuff. So the numbers moving around that, I think that's a, that's a tough one.
2: If you were a Kent state alum, would you go to Boise?
0: Boise is a beautiful place. I spent a summer there uh, playing baseball, playing college summer baseball. I would not go there in December.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You you couldn't, you couldn't pay me to go to this game. Even if my team was playing in it.
0: The problem with Wyoming is Wyoming is located on the far um, eastern part of the state. Mm-hmm. And you can't make that. That's a full day's drive. I, I've done it. I think I stayed in Wyoming, Cheyenne. Laramie. I, don't remember, I don't remember which one I stayed in. I stayed in one of those two. They're half an hour away from each other. It's a full day drive into Boise. So it's a haul for either team, even though you say, oh, Wyoming's only one state away. Um, all that rambling aside, I'm laying the three with Wyoming. It's minus 105 right now. It's just one unit a lean. I like the fact that it's smaller juice. Three seems right. My model makes it three. Wyoming's a better team. Um, If anybody has issues playing in the weather, I think Kent State's going to have more issues playing in the weather than Wyoming. So I'll take Wyoming. It's not a pick I love, but if you're looking for some action on this one, I think Wyoming's probably the smarter play at three because, again, I think three seems like the right number. Uh, Definitely a push possibility there. Tuesday night, 6.30, the Frisco Bowl. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Frisco is a suburb of DFW. Uh, San Diego State is playing UTSA. UTSA is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Cousin Jared? I think this is going to be a good game. No uh, play f- for me here at all. Uh, we kind of touched on it earlier.
1: I was shocked at the San Diego State game. Um, maybe not that they lost so much as just the amount of points the way, they up. but yeah. yeah, just, I mean, unlike anything they've done all season, um, UTSA could definitely do that to them too. They can score some points, but I just don't see that, um, happening in back-to-back games against San Diego state. So I think it's going to be a good close game and, uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun to watch.
2: Yeah. Another nice game that gets basically its own specific time in the time slot. I want to hear how the professor feels about the road runners.
0: <laughs> hey, I... Backed UTSA last time out. They won, got them the conference championship. The week before that, I faded UTSA. That was the right call. The week before that, I backed UTSA. That's the right call. I I started off, could not get UTSA right at all, Finish off strong. I've gotten several many in a row right on UTSA. I'm backing them again. Best bet from a UTSA, minus two and a half. Best bet, I love the fact that it's under the three. Again, key numbers here are really going to matter, I think, around the three because... Any of these games can be blowouts, but if they're close, really key around those three. So UTSA minus two and a half. I love that right there. I think they are the better team. I think that I, I wasn't a believer in San Diego State. I faded them the last week of the regular season and I saw what they did to Boise. And, and, and I think I miscalculated and I should have just said that was the Boise effect. Of, I just never, Boise is just always an issue. And I said, oh, if San Diego State did that to Boise, what are they going to do to Utah State? And I think I should have just gone back to my initial opinion, which is San Diego State was a mirage, that they were not as good as their record indicates. UTSA has consistently this season played well in the big games, and they had letdown spots the week before. So I think people have that bad taste in their mouth from the UNT loss. But they just—they've struggled the week before big games. But in the big games, they've showed up. I think they're going to show up in this one. I think they win. I'm not giving them any home field edge. San Antonio to Frisco is a three
2: hundred miles. I just yeah, I looked like, it up.
0: Let's say it's like a—it's a, a five-hour drive, I guess. Yeah, it's—it's a, it's a drive. So you're not. Well, it's—it's—it's it's, it's seven hours going through that part of I-35. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. The the stretch from San Antonio to Austin, uh, 35 is brutal. So I'm not giving them any home field advantage. Uh, they might have some more fans there that would be nice for them since they've, um, you know, not been to a bowl and I guess, Ever? or did they make one as a 6-1 team at some point? Uh, I think they've made one at one they point. They probably made one, yeah. yeah. This isn't their yeah. first bowl. This is their first bigger bowl because they're playing yeah. uh, you know a reputable team. So yeah, um, lots of excitement there. So I think UTSA at the right side. So best bet for me, UTSA minus uh, two and a half. Continuing the DFW bowl theme, there's bowls of DFW three days in a row on Wednesday, the 22nd at 7 p.m. The Armed Forces Bowl, that's in Fort Worth. Uh, that's where TCU plays. Uh, Missouri- Versus Army, Army coming off a disappointing loss to Navy in a game they were favored by a touchdown or more, and Army's a three-point favorite here, cousin Jared. So I I I can't believe I'm going to say this, and and it was fitting that a service
1: academy clinched my uh, you know profitable season for me because I love the academies there. No official play here for me, but if I had to pick a side, if somebody's really looking to play this game. I think I would be taking the four points with Missouri here. The reason I say that is because Missouri was a three, awful. Three no, well, they were awful against the run early in the season, and they they fired one of their defensive coaches. Can't remember which one. And they slowly and slowly got better against the run as the season went on. So I have a little more faith in Missouri's defense than I think maybe some of the numbers uh, you know project. Also army coming off the loss to Navy. That's always, you know, potential for a hangover there. And the, we, we, we talk about every time we talk about one of these triple option teams, the extra time to prepare for the triple option. They've known this game was coming for a couple of weeks now. So all of those things mixed together, I think I would take the four points with the Missouri three, the three, three points, three points, excuse me. Okay. You said you corrected me the first time. Sorry. I didn't catch that. Okay. The three points with Missouri. Um, but I don't know if I just don't trust Missouri or I just love the service academy. It's probably a mixture of both. I can't bring myself to do it, but if I had to make a play, I think I would take the points on Missouri here.
2: You're, you're, you're talking Missouri who I've paid it on almost every time I've been on the podcast versus army, a team that's trying to run an antiquated offense during bowl season. This is, yeah. this is the stoppable force meets the movable object. <laughs> yeah. And if it had been anyone, but Missouri, I would have been, all in favor of taking whoever plays army, but I I don't trust that team enough to make a go for it here.
0: Yeah, my thoughts are similar. The model makes this army minus four. So I'm laying the three with army as a one unit pick just to lean my lowest confidence here. I think three is the right number if it gets over three, I would flip and I would take Missouri. I just I, I think that three is a very likely outcome for this. I'm, I'm just trusting the model and saying the model thinks it should be more than three, so I'm going to lay the three, but uh, I don't love this play at all. As we mentioned, having that extra time to focus on the triple option um, is very different. If this is a regular season game where both teams played the week before, I'm laying the three and I feel much better. That's a normal play for me, but given the extra time, it's like, I'm going to lay the three just because I'm trusting the model there, but it's not a pick that I think is great at that number. So if you're at a place and you can get three and a half, Missouri might be the better side to look at there, knowing that this game could land on three uh, based off what Cousin Jared was saying there. And to wrap up the three games in the DFW area in three days, the twenty third, two thirty PM. The Frisco Football Classic. This is
2: the game that no, wait no, wait, no, no, no. professor, <laughs> professor you, you, you've already covered the Frisco Bowl.
0: Yeah, that was the Frisco Bowl. This is the Frisco Football Classic, or the FFC, as the kids are calling. I have no idea. Yeah. I just made it and right. then this <laughs> is
1: <laughs> and it's classic because it has been occurring every year since this year
0: it's a classic because we knew it was happening all of like two weeks ago Uh, why do
2: we have a world where we have two bulls named after frisco texas and one bull named after jimmy kimmel there you
0: go i mean (laughs) i don't understand (laughs) do
2: better texas
0: this game was added because there were bowl teams and they said they wanted to play another game I didn't know it was something you could do I mean in years past we have had the whole if you're yeah. five and seven and you're high enough in the academic whatever you can get in we've had that uh, in years past six wins didn't mean you got to a bowl and some of the weaker teams right. just didn't get bowl invites but this year I guess they decided. We'll just make up bowls at the last minute, which is cool, I guess, for the Money, kids. dear
2: boy. Money. Well, and, and,
0: and, and it's cool for the kids, right? It's cool for you got yeah. the six wins and now you don't get snubbed. I, I, that gets cool. It's just it's weird that all of a sudden this year we're like, yeah, let's just let them play. And that's what's happening. Uh, and so they're playing a football game here. Miami, Ohio is playing North Texas. Uh, uh, North that, Texas. that's why. <laughs> yeah, North Texas being in, in Denton, which is a drive to – I live in Denton, so it's a under an hour drive. So I'm giving North Texas one point for home foot advantage. Um, Miami of Ohio is a three-point favorite. Uh, Cousin Jared, what's your pick for us on this one?
1: So kind of blind here. I'll be honest with y'all people. Didn't do any research into Miami of Ohio, but I am blind betting this one just because of what I know about North Texas. Official play for me here, I am taking the three points um, with North Texas. And, And the reason I say that is because not only we just kind of just alluded to, this is essentially a home game for North Texas, but they have played almost the entire back half of the season with their uh, back ha- uh, their backs against the wall needing to make a bowl game uh, they won like five of their last six games or something like that to make a bowl the last win was against UTSA you got to know they're still riding high off of that one um you know I-, I feel like North Texas just general competition probably fairly even with a with a Mac team uh here so I feel good I think they're on a roll I think they're feeling good about things I think they're excited to be in a bowl after where they started the season out at so yeah give me the three points here
2: so, so would these have been the two teams that would have been snubbed if this game did not exist?
0: I don't think we know the answer to that. Okay. They got, North Texas got put here because of the location. Uh, I don't think they ever thought through but, who it would I,
2: be. I mean, I mean but, yeah, maybe so. I mean, I mean could, could North Texas possibly know the answer to that question? M- maybe. Because I, I if so, and the answer is yes, then. That team's thrilled to be here. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think North Texas is thrilled for sure because of the fact yeah. that they they played hard at the end to make the bowl. So They for sure want to be here. I don't, I don't know about Miami Ohio, and I don't know if we know or, or who might know who would have gotten the snub had they not decided to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm taking the three as well. Uh, with North Texas. This is my last best bet of the podcast here. I love the push protection at plus three. I think North Texas wins this game, but at two and a half, just not that push protection. If If it's two and a half at the shop you're at, whenever you listen to this, it's a play I like. It's just not a play I love here. But knowing that you've got the push protection on the field goal, I think UNT is the right side. I think they win this game. They've been a covering machine. They want to be here. I think they will have a ton of fans at the game. There's just a lot to like about North Texas against a Mac team. that like we talked about with some of the Mac schools, sometimes leave a
2: lot to be desired in these bowl games. I look forward to this being the only year this classic exists.
0: <laughs> the, the night game on the 23rd at 6 PM is the Gasparilla bowl in Tampa, central Florida versus Florida. Florida is a six and a half point favorite. Uh, what is a Gasparilla? That is the trivia question. For the night, what is a Asperilla?
2: It's the old word for root beer. Uh, Asperilla. <laughs> hey, I got I, almost all the letters. Give me points for that. I, I, <laughs> I
1: want to say
2: that it's something to do
1: with lawn care maintenance, but I think I'm just maybe <laughs> thinking about. I think the, you're thinking uh, you're about thinking the, the, lawn,
2: bad bad, the bad boy mowers. <laughs> I, yes, I am thinking about the previously bad boy mowers bowl. Yes. That is simultaneously a better and worse answer than what I did. <laughs> I,
0: thought, I thought a Gasparilla was like an like an animal. Um, it's apparently something about pirates. Um, there's the Gasparilla Pirate Festival, which is a large parade held in Tampa that's been held every year since 1904. Um, so it's something to do with pirate stuff. And that's why it's in Tampa. They've got the Buccaneers, right? I don't know.
2: You know uh, smarter of sure. the pirates to set up shop on the Gulf side of Florida. Yeah. yeah I you, I
0: feel like this last three bowls here before the holidays are, uh, I feel like we're going to go really off the rails on this. We've already, already done it with Gas Because yeah. this was the Gasparilla Bad Boy Lawnmower Bowl. Wasn't it? Uh, ah, okay, I
1: think I think okay. they threw
0: all those. It was like the longest name bowl. And maybe even this year. I don't, I don't know. I just wrote down a Gasparilla Bowl. Um, so it may, be, it may be the same this year. Um, again, Florida is a six and a half point favorite. Uh, Cousin Jared, what insight do you have for us on this one?
1: My insight here is do not bet this game. So I think that would be not smart to do that because I don't think anybody has any clue which team. I mean, Florida, the good team going to show up, bad team going to show up. UCF, the okay team going to show up, bad team going to show up. I, I, I have no idea. So I would recommend staying away from this
2: game. I mean, should, should Florida be six and a half points favorite on anybody? When was last time Florida, good, no. when was no. last time good guy Florida showed up? Central
0: Florida has not covered many times this season and has not been very good, whatever that's worth.
2: I, I, yeah, fine. I guess yeah. neither team has to travel terribly far to get no. to Tampa.
1: You no. uh, may be hard pressed to find a team that's less motivated than Florida. So, I mean, like not even going to an exciting destination, probably a place that like all of these people have been, all these players have been to like 15 times in their life. I I don't think anybody's going to want to be there.
0: Yeah. And and given UCF going to so many big games, I don't think their fans are going to want to travel either. It's interesting that both teams being so close, either team could easily have a huge fan advantage, or it could just be like a mostly empty stadium. And I wouldn't be
2: surprised. I hear there's a pirate festival in town.
0: There you go. (laughs) I am laying the six and a half with Florida. Here's why it's a one unit pick. It's a lean. I don't love it. I agree with cousin Jared. It's not really a game that you want to be heavily invested in. Um, I'm providing a service. I'm making a pick on every game. So thus I'm picking Florida. I have two reasons for picking Florida minus six and a half. Number one, Florida played hard after they fired Mullen in that last game of the season, and they took care of business, and they won to get to a bowl game. So I have to assume that they want to play in it. I could be completely wrong, but that's my assumption, that they didn't have to go out and give a darn in that game, and they did. And their reward is playing, and they knew it would be a lower-tier bowl
2: game. Related I beating that, Florida State was the reward.
0: Could be, could be, but – They also have a similar probably beef with Central Florida in that Central Florida wants to show that they can hang with the big boys and they want to always beat the big schools. But I think if you're in Florida, you've heard that from Central Florida enough that you want to put them in their place. So I do not see any mismatch of the Florida players will treat UCF like they're a nobody in the UCF players. I don't see David Goliath. I think UCF has been good enough, big enough, talked enough that I think Florida will treat them like they're a real team. So I don't see any letdown there. The other thing, Central Florida just has not covered hardly anything. They haven't been that good. Their numbers have been mostly inflated all season. So it's just not a team I want to back. So... I'm on the side of Florida again. It's not one I want to be heavily invested in. When
1: when we started having this conversation, it occurred to me that this we might see some bad football in this game. So I went and oh, we yes. found what <laughs> oh, yes. I, I went yes. to go find what the total was, and I'm like, man, this is going to be an easy under here. And uh, the books set it at 55. So let me interpret that for you. The books have no idea yeah, what the yeah, right yeah. number should be, yeah. and they're just like
0: 55.
1: So there we go. So yeah. (laughs) Please don't make me think
2: about this game.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Even the books don't know what to make of this. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely going to be a a, a wonky one. Christmas Eve at 7 p.m. The Hawaii Bowl, Memphis at Hawaii. Memphis is a seven point favorite. I have a, a trivia question for you both on this one. Hawaii has now, this will be their 29th bowl appearance. Last year, they played in the New Mexico Bowl. And of course, we all remember the year that they went and got thumped by the Sugar Bowl by Georgia. We all remember two thousand seven. How many other times, besides the Sugar Bowl, which we all remember, and last year, and their other twenty-six bowl appearances, has Hawaii played a bowl game on the mainland? How many times have they played on the mainland? Outside of last year,
2: out of 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 twenty-seven games, yeah. How many of those are on the mainland? Yeah. I'll say three. That was impressive.
0: (laughs) Wow. The answer is one. They played in the Hall one time.
2: Uh, The Hall, of course, which is in uh, San Diego, about as close as you can get.
0: (laughs) Yes. Otherwise, every other bowl game. So this will be their 29th appearance and 26 of the twenty-nine on hawaii various names a couple of them have just names for one-off things uh there was one that was on oahu uh or the oahu bowl and there's the pineapple bowl and there's a whole bunch of other, the aloha bowl they've named them all sorts of different things but most of their bowl games come on the island i i looked into that because i was in hindsight they played really well last year in the new mexico bowl in hindsight it should have been easy money just to say hey hawaii's excited to play a bowl game not on the island you yeah. back them yeah. And they won handily. (laughs) This year, they're back on the island. I have no idea their motivation. I have no idea about home field. It's Christmas Eve. They tend to do this a lot, so they're more used to this setup than Memphis is. Well, but
1: I I assume this game's still being played in their parking lot. Like, I, I mean
0: yeah yeah
1: but they never uh,
0: have they never really have a fan edge anyway so it, yeah, i think that's kind that's of irrelevant i think the issue with hawaii is less about the where the game is and the fans just more about the the travel the time difference the distraction the how you know do you handle like a business trip or a pleasure trip i mean there's a lot of wonkiness going into traveling to hawaii that's still going to happen here uh for memphis uh, but again, you never really know what the motivation on either side. I feel like on a team that then gets a home game, right? As opposed, to, it's it's a little different than the Bahamas Bowl, where both teams are traveling somewhere versus the one team staying home. So a, a lot of interesting things to unpack here. Uh, cousin Jared, what is your pick for us here? Yeah,
1: so I'm counting on all those things you just said, and we're getting to the end of the season here. So let's go back and play the greatest hits. Let's run it back one more time. Let's take the under 59 in the Memphis-Hawaii game. Uh, On on a slightly serious note, uh, there's been a lot of discontent around the Hawaii program. There's been some reports about how, like, all of the players are entering the transfer portal because they can't stand Graham out there, the head coach. I want to say that their starting quarterback for Hawaii uh, entered the transfer portal. This total has been dropping. If I assume it's going to drop a little bit more. Um, but the main reason, it's Memphis. It's an under.
0: I automatically like an official play from me here under 59. Is it a greatest hit if it doesn't actually become a hit. <laughs>
1: well, it's, it's one of it's those things where I'm not going to be a hit. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm just not going to be apprecii- appreciated in my time. You know, when people go back and watch those games, they'll say, you know what? He was right on all of those games. I just didn't, they weren't winners. So anyway, but yeah, <laughs> a greatest hit for me. So let's run it back one more time. <laughs> all right. All right, Jack.
2: <laughs> so, so I... In, in in our books i had this as an official pick i, I think the discussion we just had talked me out of it oh, okay That's the I, first thought, talk I thought is. hawaii was going to be first far hap- yeah i think hawaii was going i thought hawaii was going to be far happier being home than i think they actually are going to be and they're still not going to play in front of anybody yeah and and the, the just happy to be there edge that they might have as a result of Memphis being there is also going to be diminished by the fact that a lot of the people in Memphis want to be there for Christmas Eve aren't going to be there <laughs> just because of the restrictions it required to travel to Hawaii in the first place. So, so maybe it'll just be more Memphis taking care of business, getting home, and actually getting to spend time with family. <laughs> So, right, so right. for, for, I, I wash my hands of this. Everyone just go have fun. <laughs> all it's right. Christmas Eve. Spend time with your families.
0: Hey, I'm taking Hawaii plus seven standard pick two units for me. Um, the model says plus two. The model is not taking into account uh, various opt-outs as we talk about. Uh, here's what I will say. Unless all of the quarterbacks for Hawaii are out, I don't think it matters. I've seen a lot of Hawaii football this year. All of those quarterbacks are—how do I put this nicely? They're all about the same. They're all—they're <laughs> all much better than I would be doing it. None of yeah. them they're, are Colt Brennan. None of them are Colt Brennan. Um, yeah.
2: Or Timmy Chang. Or Timmy, or Timmy, Timmy Chang.
0: Chang. Right. And, um, and to me, it's like you, you kind of—you replace. They—they they played multiple guys throughout the year. You kind of didn't really notice it. But they all kind of struggled. They all had their moments. So I don't think it really matters. I think the players that will end up playing, uh, this is one of those things where it's, it's, in college, this is why people don't often do player-based models for college football, For the most part, the backups aren't drastically different than the guys who start. There are exceptions to that. rule, But in the pros, you know, your starting left tackle might be light years ahead of the backup. Just because you're talking about the 30 best left or 32 best left tackles in the world, right? Right. But with college, a lot of times with the way these guys recruit, they're relatively similar. So if they have a bunch of guys leave, the guys who then come in will want to be there. They will want to play hard. I don't think you're losing much. Um, there's not a lot of star power at Hawaii anyway. So I just assume that they're losing one three-star recruit and they're replacing them with another three-star recruit or a two-star recruit replacing with a two-star recruit. So I'm not making too much of that. I'm getting seven, you know, because Jerry's taking the under. So if it's a low scoring game, I'm getting seven. I think there's some value there. Um, it's obviously a scary play when guys start opting out and maybe don't want to play for their coach. But as I already mentioned at the top of the show, all bowl games are scary anyway. So as we mentioned, keep all of your bet sizes reduced down however you want to do it. But I think there's value at Hawaii plus seven if you're looking for something uh, to watch on Christmas Eve. And the last one that we're going to talk about today on this podcast, part two, we'll cover the rest of the bowls. This is just part one here. Christmas Day, there's an afternoon game, the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama, that is Ball State and Georgia State. Georgia State is a Four and a half point favorite, cousin Jared. I, you know, am on a college
1: football podcast. I love college football. Where don't is this going? The, <laughs> don't, don't watch this game, people. Oh. Do any like do
0: something else? On- wow. Yeah. <laughs> There will <laughs> be, be NBA games and there will be some college basketball games on Christmas day. Well, and, and
1: I would even say, you know, spend time with your family, open some gifts. If you're at a place that's lucky enough to have actual winter weather, like Jack, sit by a fire with a good book um, or, you know, watch a movie. And that's what I'm going to recommend here. I'm going to give Cousin Jared's top Christmas movie picks for you to watch instead Ooh, of watching oh, the actual movie. Oh, football. okay. All, okay.
2: Right, okay. all right. oh
1: my gosh. like, so I'm going gonna- to
2: you're you're so getting judged i was oh, i
1: was that's...
0: prepped that we were going to go off the rails i didn't realize how much yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah so okay this is this is like my list right so like i know i'm going to omit some stuff this isn't meant to be like an all inclusive top 100 christmas list or whatever just this is this is cousin jared's wait hold on hold shirt. on before all we start
0: right, um, we have to go with the question of is uh, Die Hard, a Christmas movie, right? Because that's top the- line yes. here. Got yes. my notes yes. right
1: here. Okay. Top line, right yes. here. Honorable mention, Die Hard. In the okay. words All of the right. professor, it is a lean for me. The problem <laughs> is, it's a lean towards. It is not a Christmas movie. Oh, okay. oh. so Ooh, okay. so Die Hard will not be in this list. But I
0: had to make note of that. Okay, okay. so I'm
1: going to start with my favorite <laughs> category here, the Christmas comedies. Okay, hey, so- by the way, I'm
0: also. A, by the way, I'm also to no. I my my take is a Christmas movie has to have a situation where. <laughs> Uh, Christmas is the focal point of the movie, and it could not have just as easily happened around something else. I heard it could have easily happened around any other uh, festival, holiday, anything like that. Christmas was not pivotal to movie. So I'm sorry, how many businesses movie, Christmas do you either. know
2: who hold a Halloween party after hours? <laughs> there need to be more of them. <laughs> that's that's what's wrong it with this It only country, makes right sense there. for a Christmas party. <laughs> Okay. i right, so we're gonna start list?
1: with the first category: Comedy is My personal favorite. Okay. These three okay. movies on this list, ones that I watch every year again. Christmas comedy is my favorite category. Number one, maybe my favorite Christmas movie: Office Christmas Party. Okay, it is wonderful. It is hilarious. You need you need to watch it. it has
0: like from mm, like like the movie that like Office no, Christmas no. Party.
1: Office Christmas the TV party. show?
0: The Office? I've never even yeah. heard of this. No, yeah.
1: Office Christmas Party. It has I've literally literally Jennifer
2: Aniston it. in it. It has Jennifer How Aniston.
1: It has a few of the people what? from Saturday Night Live. It's got a few Saturday Night Live people. It is It is hilarious. I was thinking through
0: when I, when I tweet out this podcast... Yeah, how many random
2: things I can tell oh, about this podcast. If, <laughs> if if this is how Jared starts his list, dear yeah, this God, is, what's on the rest of is, the list, yeah. guys?
1: This is my Mona Lisa. Proceed, okay. Jared. So, oh. yeah, I'll keep going. Number That's one, lost Christmas party. Number rough two, start. four Christmases. Yes, yeah, solid. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, okay, great, yeah. This is good.
0: Number three, Elf. Of course. Of, yes, of awesome. course. Okay. Of course. So yeah.
1: those are the three. Again, they're side, note, side note. I got
0: I got for
2: uh,
0: uh, Advent calendar this year. Uh, Elf Socks Advent
2: Calendar. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. nice. I went with that's Mandalorian, but that's solid.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: my daughter got Disney Princess. So there yeah. anyway, they're all books. Anyway. Uh, okay, so that's the comedy one. Again, I'm sure there's plenty of other good comedies. Those are my top three. That's my I comedy. I mean, Christmas section. Vacation is solid, right? It's coming. It's okay. dated. Next, well, it's next, dated. next section, the classics. Okay, if you're looking okay. for a classic Christmas okay. movie here. Right. Okay, number one, Christmas Vacation. Right, okay, yep, yep. that's the top yep. one on the list okay. right there. Number two, it's a Wonderful Life. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with A Christmas Story, and number four, and maybe you know you could put this in a couple of places here, but I'm going to go Home Alone, and I lean towards Home Alone over Home Alone Two, uh, because obviously the first Home Alone is a better movie, but Christmas in New York, Home Alone Two, man, it's just something about Christmas. Okay, in New-
0: but I got I got to stop here. It's okay, It's a Wonderful Life. It's a great yeah. movie. Yeah but look we're trying to give our listeners good movie ideas for christmas day people don't watch it's a wonderful it, life on christmas that movie's depressing
2: or, don't it. do not watch it's a wonderful life during the holidays period
0: it's so depressing it's, yeah. it's, it's a it's a good movie but it's like 95 percent depressing and five percent uplifting and i just i uh, I, have a, I have a hard time recommending it to our listeners
2: if you can go watch like an in-person like theatrical performance of it's a wonderful life or radio thing or something like that. Do that. Do not watch the movie. It's a wonderful life during the holidays.
1: Yeah. So you've heard the rebuttals people. It's up to you to make your decision.
2: Okay. So make it like a hundred comments on this. Watch (laughs) it. Watch watch, it. Watch White oh. Christmas instead with Bing Crosby. That That's a better classic.
0: Or or Holiday Inn, maybe. Yeah,
1: but also, nobody's going to make it this far in the podcast, so we yeah, don't have to worry true. about it. No no,
2: no, no, no. Okay. This is for us.
1: <laughs> okay, so next section, this is going to be very applicable to some people and everybody on this podcast, movies to watch with kids. Okay. 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 So, uh, number one, you got to go with The Star. Wonderful movie. I would recommend. Even you, I would recommend watching. The kids. Watch I've The never, Star. I've never okay. heard of that either. Okay, got to watch The Star. All right. Number two, The Grinch, the 2018 animated version. Okay. freaking hilarious i didn't realize how funny it was at the time my daughter can basically quote the whole movie she wants to watch it every night so i'm not sure i've seen the new version okay highly recommend watching the 2018 my, animated version
2: my four year my four-year-old niece loves the 2018 version
1: yes for what it's it worth. is very good the uh, mr grinch song by tyler the creator much better than the mr grinch song by thorough ravenscroft just my opinion Just throwing still wow. out there yeah okay number three the santa claus with tim allen Going a little Fantastic. bit. Old okay. yep. That is yep. that is a very good movie. And this is near and dear to my heart. Uh, if y'all say that y'all haven't seen this, it's not going to surprise me. Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, I was going oh, uh, to say if you hadn't, it's I was gonna Turbo Jingle I, All the Way. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, thank, yeah, you. You thank you. Thank you. That's yeah. pretty good Arnold Schwarzenegger that's there. there. So that's, <laughs> that's the last one on, on the kids' list. Again, not complete. There's going to be plenty of others here. Okay, so here is Top of the Line. You've been spending too much time listening to college football podcasts. You're, you know, the spouse, you know, you need to. Especially this say, one. Hey, yeah, yeah. Say, spouse, I'm, I'm listening to you. For I'm, I'm dedicating time to you. I'm going to give you six Hallmark Christmas movies here. My six wow. recommendations for Hallmark wow. Christmas movies. Okay. So the first three ones that I'm sure that everybody's seen crown for Christmas switch for Christmas and Christmas under wraps, probably three of the best known Hallmark Christmas movies. Okay. Like I've seen Christmas Under wraps. Okay. Uh, yes. Thank you. Uh, yeah, again. Yeah. All yeah. very good movies. They're on once a day on Hallmark. Those three are, I'm going to give you three under the radar ones. that if you see them on, you should probably watch. Okay. Number one, picture a perfect Christmas. Couldn't tell you the plot. Just remember I stayed interested the whole time. Um, the second one, Holiday Date. This is one where the uh, you know, the female has relationship trouble and she hires an actor to pretend to be her boyfriend at Christmas. Very, very good. If you're looking for an alternative, there's actually a movie called Holiday on Netflix. It came out last year. I kind of agree with the professor here. It could be situated around other holidays and it actually kind of is. It is a viable alternative to this one, but I would say Holiday Date is there. And then the last one, I would say Crashing Through the Snow, very good movie. I stayed engaged the whole time with that one as well. So if you're really desperate, there's six Hallmark Christmas movies for you to watch. And that's it. I'm dropping the mic on that. That is my Mona Lisa. This is what my life has been leading to.
2: I I don't know how we come back from that.
1: I do. What's the game?
2: I smell a (laughs) spinoff podcast.
1: (laughs) Well, I've already committed myself to two solo shows. Uh, so the 2011 Texas A&M <laughs> football season and the pods for, you know, the new sec. So I guess a third one, yeah, you know,
2: I, I want to hear a cousin Jared weekly hallmark review for like the rest of my life.
1: The problem is I'm only plugged in November to December. And after that, I have no idea what's going on. Get this man,
2: a Hallmark Movies Now subscription people.
1: Well, I have YouTube TV and they just added uh, that to YouTube TV. I was paying a separate subscription for Friendly just to have access to Hallmark for all of the the ladies in the household. Um, So anyway, now I've got to cancel that Friendly subscription because I've got it on YouTube TV.
2: So so question from an enthusiast, Jared, like the, the 2018 Grinch. How does that mm-hmm. compare to the Jim Carrey Grinch?
1: Okay, <laughs> so this is this is how I would describe it. It's it's more my sense of humor. Um, the 2018 version is more my sense of humor than my wife's sense of humor. My wife would say that the, the Jim Carrey version is, is much better, but I think the most relevant data point for this audience is that we, you know, my daughter is obsessed with the 2018 version. She wants to watch it every night. Um, the uh, Jim Carrey version. We put it on one time, and she started crying as soon as Jim Carrey started yelling at Cindy Lou Who in the post office. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's going to be a hard no in my house uh, for the rest of the holidays for sure.
2: Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, what's the game? There's a football game on <laughs> Christmas Day at 1:30 p.m. The Camellia Bowl yeah. in Montgomery, Alabama. Ball <laughs> State is playing Georgia State, and Georgia State is a four and a half point favorite.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So I'm, I'm not, I'm watching a movie.
2: I, I, okay. I feel like. Professor, I have an actual question about <laughs> this. This is game. all leaving you. There's no edits. This is not, I'm not I, touching. I haven't. This. <laughs> I, I, I have an hold on. Hold on. Okay. okay. Before
0: we get to, before we get to the game, I will, I want to, I want to okay. wrap this up here <laughs> about the Christmas discussion. And I want to say, had we not gone through, I don't know, 10 minutes of Christmas movies, where which was not necessarily bad, but then we ended on we, we got to Hallmark movies and I I don't think that I anticipated starting the podcast and landing there. I feel like this would have been the time when we all kind of like talked about what we would do on Christmas and family traditions and been like, oh well, like I mean, I live in Texas, you know, the weather is usually okay, and so for the most part, I've kind of developed this tradition of grilling fajitas, you know, for whatever families in town, and we, you know, and I like to watch the movies as well, and we kind of rotate through some of our favorites. I wasn't going to name them. I wasn't going to rank them. I wasn't going to rank them by category. He gave us like four categories. I... I told you it was my Mona Lisa. All right, you. Jack. What is there's a football game. Yeah,
2: there's again.
0: A, all right, on, De, on December the, 20th, the third time at one thirty p in the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama, Ball State versus Georgia
2: State. Georgia State is a four and a half point favorite. Jack, what is your question? All right, does the model? Where's my mic? Does the, does the model? give any credence to Georgia State only being a two-hour drive from Montgomery?
0: No, there is no home edge here uh, for that.
2: Okay. That's all I had. That's all you had. All right. (laughs) I don't care. It's a Christmas Day bowl game. I have other things to do. (laughs)
0: I am taking the four and a half points with ball state. One unit, just a lean, lowest confidence. Couple of reasons why. Number one, you're getting the key number of three, you're getting the key number of four as a win, not just a push. At the time of this podcast, it's minus 103. So you're almost at even money, which adds some value. Again, as we talked about in a bowl season, that can be unpredictable. So I think there's a little bit of value there. The model has this pegged pretty close to this number. If I were to give Georgia State a little bit of a home edge, it'd still be right around the number of just go from one side to the other. So the model thinks this is a relatively accurate line. I looked at who these teams played. Both of these teams here, I'll give you I'll give you the the lamest analysis you're going to get on this game, which is at least not a list of Christmas movies that both of these teams played army Georgia state lost to army ball state beat army. So if we're going to use a transitive property, ball state wins this game. I do not believe yeah. in the transitive property. Th- that that
2: always works.
0: <laughs> yes. I, I looked through both these teams schedules. Neither one of them is impressive. I think Georgia state is a little bit better, but I just think getting those points is value on a game on Christmas day where you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, as cousin Jared mentioned, if you are fortunate enough to spend the holidays with family or in a nice location, Um, That's always recommended to do something nice like that. But hey, if you're looking to watch some football for one reason or the other, I think there's some value on Ball State. I, I've got to see if I can make the professor laugh so hard that we can't finish the podcast here. Did we watch,
1: did we watch Envy on Christmas day? Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. pretty sure we did. Yeah. So I okay. guess,
0: well, look, we're here. We're really just off the rails at this yeah, point. I'm, I, I think I'm going to put in the timestamp. Th- so like on Twitter, like, Hey, here's the time to stop. Just don't even listen to <laughs> us. If you care about the football, just stop at this point.
2: Yes. <laughs> For posterity, I think we should remind our listeners that this podcast is not sponsored by Hallmark, Jimmy Kimmel, <laughs> Disney, <Right. laughs> the Bad City of Myrtle Beach. Yeah.
0: So we, uh, growing up, we did have a tradition where we would uh, have Christmas. It was on Christmas Day, or it was on the Saturday sometimes, depending yeah. on how the days fell. Yeah. We would do gifts in the afternoon, have a dinner, and then some of the family would leave, and then Jared, myself. Um, Jared's sister, so my other cousin, and then our mothers would hang around and watch a movie every year. And one of them, we watched. One of, we watched some good movies, and yeah. then some, sometimes you rent some movies, and they were bad. This was, you know, back before you streamed that sort of stuff, and and before you had better rating systems and whatnot. So you just go to like Blockbuster and run a movie. And we watched Envy, which the is not on the Christmas movie list. It's not on the Christmas movie <laughs> list. It's not on. I. It, it was. It was. Uh. It was billed to be better than it was, but man, it. It was. Uh, it was. A, it was a day that we will never forget. What for? <laughs> Various
1: that, yeah. What was that? Uh, the Razzie Awards is that the ones where they give them out yeah. to like the worst movies? Yeah, yeah. it, it, it should have won one. I don't know if they had those back then, but it should have won them if they did.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: No. All right, well,
0: as this, I don't even know how to segue <laughs> yeah. out of that, but that wraps us up eight percent
2: on Rotten Tomatoes. Eight percent, I wasn't about, making it up. It's no. right. it was it was it was brutal uh
0: but yes that wraps us up for another episode of fix with the professor we'd like if you're still listening now we'd really like to thank you for tuning in post a comment Yell yell at cousin jerry tell him he's right or wrong about his christmas list please subscribe or follow if you aren't already that way bowl games part two that episode will appear in your feed on first releases. We will not talk about Christmas movies. There will be more games, so we will be more focused on Ball Game Part Two. When we record no, this episode. Won't. <laughs> it can't be any worse than this one. But listen, remember, especially this holiday season, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.